BorderCast podcast is a product of BorderCast.com. We are a dedicated team of meteorologists that provide weather forecasts, discussions, and analysis specific to Boulder County. If you want to receive email notifications for our posts, look for the subscribe button on our homepage. You can also find us on Facebook and Twitter at BoulderCast. If you have questions or comments or would like to suggest a topic for future shows, message us at contact at BoulderCast.com. BoulderCast, a Boulder take on weather. podcast your host andy and ben joining us hello hello it's only the two of us this time everyone else is busy with research and something else one or the other yeah joseph's doing some research i guess yeah and what was matt doing he had to take his key back to his old apartment or whatever return the key for his old apartment oh that sounds like a total that sounds like a total night commitment right there that would that would take me at least five hours. <laughs> Good excuse, Matt. Good excuse, buddy. Yeah, and Joseph's working. I think he's still working right now as we as we record this record the podcast. So just us two, and uh, we'll make this a short podcast because uh, we don't have a whole lot to talk about, but we'll make it interesting for you. So that's for sure. What have you been up to this past week? Your parents came in town, right? Yep. So my parents came to town for about eight days. And I don't know. They've been here like six times now. So pretty much hit all the tourist attractions on the first two or three times. <laughs> so at this point, there's not that much to do. <laughs> you got to be more picky about where you take them than maybe you. You got to be more specific about Finding a good location, you know, and find more hidden gems and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, it's true. We found some stuff to do there. You can always go to Rocky Mountain National Park. Yeah, that's always a good... It's a nice drive. It's a good option. Were there any uh, fall colors out there yet? <laughs> still too early? Well, there were some limited fall colors in the park, but... um. Yeah, not too much really. Just a few trees here and there. And did you hear? Um, I don't know. On the news, they had like this story about how the aspen trees were getting some kind of fungus. No, I didn't hear. Around that. the area. Just in, uh, just in Boulder, or like in the mountains. Yeah, I'm not sure exactly, but. I only caught, like, parts of the story, but apparently you can, like, look at the bottom of the aspen leaves and they have this white stuff on them. And what it's doing is basically turning the trees straight from green to brown and killing them. Or not killing them, but, like, just taking the leaves off of them. So I've seen this in many places when I was driving around. Some places up, like, just outside of Boulder. I've seen some in town here. And then the tree can recover the next year or is it like like permanent just kind of like the, 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 the uh, <laughs> i don't know i don't know what i'm asking bark beetles <laughs> yeah the bark beetles on the pine trees no i don't think it's permanent at least from what i understand but i don't really know Do they know what causes it is it like maybe the moisture we had this 
This, oh, this spring maybe. Yeah, I actually think that's what they were saying. What it was, it was related to how wet it was this year. Mm. That some kind of fungus was able to grow. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. I mean, it kind of makes sense, but it's also been really dry lately. So it's weird that the fungus would just now be, just now you know, maybe. coming to fruition. Uh huh. Yeah. But yeah, but there were some pretty good colors uh, in uh, the Indian Peaks. Oh, okay. So we also went up there. So I took our, my parents to Long Lake. Have you ever been there? Is that a short hike? Have you, have you, you just, been there? I don't think I've been to that one. I've been to Blue Lake. Oh, Long Lake is the one you walk past when you're going up to Lake Isabel and Pawnee Peak. Oh, okay. Well, so we've been up there before. Oh, I don't remember it, though. It was so long ago. That's pretty far in. I mean, decent. For... Well, no, but the Long Lake is like half a mile from the road and there's like a trail that goes around the lake it's pretty flat pretty easy you could take your parents there yeah if they came it's only three miles round trip yeah and there was no bugs it was about 45 degrees <laughs> a little bit breezy the morning hours oh yeah we got there like 6 a.m or 7 a.m wow <laughs> <laughs> and yeah we there was we saw three moose Right by the lake, Jeez, they were eating. Yeah, of course I'm not there. Big so antlers. <laughs> yeah, I'm telling you, every time I go there, I see moose. It's like almost every single time. Yeah, as long as you're not there. I bet your dad was pretty, uh, pretty happy to see that. Yeah, <laughs> they were. Uh, they didn't want to get up at like 5 a.m. or 4 a.m. No, 5 a.m. I got up. We left at six, and it's about an hour drive, so we got there at seven. And I told him, you got to get up early if you want to see the moose. Yeah. I don't know what it is. Like, every time I've gotten there around 7, I always see moose, like, eating. Yeah. They, like, just wake up and they're eating next to the lakes. Yeah, I guess it's nice and just perfect temperature-wise, I guess, from in the morning hours, I guess. I don't know. They also beat the crowds. Get the parking lot filled up instantly. Is it still free to get into the park with the, uh, with the National Park Pass? Yeah. Oh, okay. So they still have that. Yeah, like we remember, we thought they were gonna change it or something. Yeah, it was like three or four. They years like ago. said they, next year you won't be able to use this, and then we're still using it. <laughs> it's ten dollars. They want to get in there. Yeah, but the park pass still works. So yeah, that's good. There's no reason anyone in Colorado shouldn't have that. I know. You, you get your money back. So yeah, so much. I mean, you can get two people to go fifty-fifty on it or whatever. Yeah. Each of you pay $40, and you can both put your signature on the back, I know, it's just like we do. <laughs> it's definitely worth it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, I don't know what else we did. Um, we went to the Denver Museum of Science or something. <laughs> something along those lines. <laughs> Where is that? Is that like... It's near the zoo. Where's the zoo? Next to City Park. Oh, okay. <laughs> At like 23rd Ave and Colorado Boulevard. How oh, was that? Pretty good. Eh, it was okay. We didn't get to. We didn't go into the actual museum section. So I mean, what kind of stuff do they have in the museum? Is it? Oh, mostly exhibits and um things like that. Like I said, we didn't actually get to go into the museum. Oh, okay. <laughs> but they have a special. Their featured exhibit was something on poison dart frogs. Which seemed pretty cool. Huh. Poison dart frogs. Huh. You know this? 
yeah. in the rainforest. They like have some kind of poison that they can poison somebody with, like an animal. Yeah, huh? they're like one of the like deadliest things in the world. No, I like the indigenous people like scrape the frogs and put their venom on their arrows and stuff. Wow! And use it to kill like big animals. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't heard of this. Just put it on the tips of their arrows and you know shoot a bow and arrow and take out anything. Huh. Pretty much, or they're on their spears and stuff. Yeah, that would have been pretty cool to see then. But yeah, I didn't get to see it. It looked cool though. But we just we just uh, watched one of the IMAX movies. Oh yeah, it was that's pretty cool. It was about like it was called Journey to Space. Okay. <laughs> there was another one there about whales. Oh yeah, there was one in St. Louis that went over Labor Day weekend. There was an IMAX in the Science Center. Yeah, it's it was like the about, same thing. It was about whales. Oh, you probably it's there probably was, the same we one. Saw, we saw that one. I didn't see the whale one. Was it 3D? Uh, no, just regular. Oh, okay. Yeah. This one was 3D. I hate 3D. I but mean, it wasn't you... actually bad. I was kind of impressed. Didn't give me too bad of a headache, I guess <laughs> you could say. Yeah, it can be like motion, you know, confuse your body or your brain or something like that. But it's pretty cool. Yeah, it's weird. Wish my TV was that big. <laughs> it was cool. I don't know how they film this stuff. <laughs> This 3D things? I don't know. Is it like camera tricks? Or like they use two cameras with different perspectives? I don't know. Look it up. <laughs> I don't know, but it was crazy. So they were like showing people on like the International Space Station. And they like, you know how they do. They do like corny things when they have 3D stuff. Like they'll have weird things poke out at you. Yeah. But like the people on the space station were like, you know, there's like no gravity up there. So they were... Floating and stuff. So they were floating and they were like throwing stuff and it was coming towards the camera, you know, so it looks like it's hitting you in the face. <laughs> they were like throwing like M&Ms and stuff and like catching them in their, in their people's mouths and they would throw one at the camera and it would like spiral into you and it would, it would be so big and hit you in the face. <laughs> That's pretty cool. <laughs> it was weird. You're like trying to duck and avoid the M&Ms hitting you in the face, but yeah, I don't think I've, I might've been to one IMAX movie before. That was pretty cool. The screen's so big. Yeah, it's it's a good experience, I think. I like it. Um Yeah. Somebody's outside. I don't know what they're doing. <laughs> looks like he's watering plants. <laughs> but uh yeah, I don't know what else we did. Nothing too crazy. But yeah, it was fun. I haven't really done much else. That's good. What have you been up to? Um Mostly, mostly research this week. So there was this uh, field campaign that just um, took took shape. Um, it, they were they were trying to track um, Atlantic hurricanes, but since the season has been really dull and not very much activity, they moved the global hawk. <laughs> they moved the global hawk to the west coast uh-huh. um, in Edwards Air Force Base, and then they were going to try and track. Possibly some tropical systems in the uh, tropical Pacific, but then also maybe target some storms that might hit Alaska. And so, that's this, kind of a broad area. It's a broad Wait, area. So, so the Global Hawk is a, like a UAV, right, or something? Yeah, it's an unmanned aircraft that you can operate um, from the airbase, and it has like all these instruments attached to it, and it could fly for twenty-four hours. So it has that much. Fuel, fuel on it, uh-huh. and so yeah, it can it can go a long distance. It can go all the way to 
basically if it flew from California, it could go all the way to 165 degrees east and then come back. I doubt anyone knows where that is. Well, basically, what it's is that? The past center, California, or basically past... in the center of the Pacific Ocean. Yeah, like past Hawaii. Yeah, past Hawaii. So it can go pretty far. That's pretty good. But, uh, so this week we've been kind of giving them daily weather bre- briefings about like, okay, what potential systems would they want to track? What? Have you been doing that? I've been leading the discussions, I guess, yeah. Which is kind of cool. But, so you're looking up like weather systems? I'm looking at, yeah, look at the models, look at the European, the Canadian, the, the GFS <laughs> models, and a lot of them don't agree over Alaska. There's yeah. like a lot of uncertainty up there. Um, so, so they're giving them, oh, go ahead. They're looking for tropical cyclones and like yeah, polar they, cyclones? Their main focus is on tropical systems. Hmm. But if they don't see anything. But they'll then, settle for that. If they don't see anything, then we can possibly push them towards going up north to Alaska. Um, so we, we've done that since Monday. And unfortunately, we found out today that it looks like the campaign is going to be cut short. Um, uh oh. They had some instrument. No, they were bringing the aircraft onto the tarmac or something yesterday. And apparently some damage occurred to the aircraft. So we found out in the conference call today that they're going to cut the, cut short the field field mission. It was going to end late next week, but it looks like it's we done don't now. have any more flights for the year. So What? So, so wait, those are just rented or something, right? They get so many missions that can... Yeah, so many missions they can do per year, but they can carry over those to next year. So that's... Mm. The hope is maybe next year they can target more systems and try and... So the main goal of all this is trying to basically drop these uh, observations. They're called like drop sounds that you release them from the aircraft and then they pen it, they start in, start in the upper atmosphere and kind of descend into the lower atmosphere and basically take observations at each uh, pressure level or each altitude. Okay. And so the hope is maybe to... Basically, we, we run, like, these ensembles um, uh, that detect, like, what regions would be potentially sensitive to initial conditions. So, like, a model is basically, um, imp- can, Im- can be improved if you have more observations uh, to initialize the starting point of how, where the, the model kind of starts before you... Uh, before you run it, you know, out, say, seven mm-hmm. days or whatever. Yeah. So we run this uh, software to determine, okay, which areas over the Pacific Ocean would potentially be the best area to put observations to kind of improve the weather forecast, say, like, two days before the storm hits or three days. Mm-hmm. And so we get that, and then we advise them, okay, you know, you probably want to sample this area who are you telling basically there's like this uh the guy who's like the head of it um he's kind of like the principal investigator so we kind of advise him and there's like this huge group of people that is in on the is in on the the meeting so it's basically everybody that you kind of brief but it's basically up to the the PI to kind of make the final call and uh, they were going to potentially fly up to Alaska 
there was going to be a potential flight on Friday. So they put out they put out a box region two days ahead of time. So Wednesday they put out a box over the Gulf of Alaska, mm-hmm. and they were actually gonna we were gonna give them the final flight plan today, but with the instrument with the flight issues, yeah, they scrubbed it and then basically canceled the rest like, of the flights. Like, sorry guys, come back next <laughs> summer. But I guess one of the upsides is that I can. Sleep in a little bit more tomorrow because I've been getting up early every day. So. How early? Uh, I get up at six and then get to get to work around seven thirty. That's not like, too bad. Not too bad, but you know, it takes a few hours to look at all the models and then basically put together a really short short PowerPoint presentation. So, but it was a good experience. So hopefully next year we'll be we'll have a much better, you know process of going about it and yeah you learn from this year's mistakes yeah figure out what what went wrong and get some hurricanes next year yeah hopefully i don't know what you guys were doing whenever there was three category four hurricanes in the pacific ocean like last month yeah we were all in the atlantic at that point yeah dude someone steiner gave him the forecast there was going to be no hurricanes this year in the atlantic basically well they sampled that one system that kind of went up what is it, like, near Cuba or something? Yeah. And then it kind of fizzled out. Yeah. They, I think Erica? They, yeah, they, they put some drop sounds into that system. Oh, into those two clouds. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it was actually assimilated into the uh, high-resolution uh, weather research and forecasting model, the WERF model, for real-time forecast improvement. I don't know if it actually forecasted it to actually dissipate, but hopefully it did. So. Huh. So that's what I've been up to, I guess. Uh, <laughs> speaking of, so you said they incorporated your data into like the daily models for the world? Just for the, no, just for the mesoscale regional um, model. So not, huh. not not any global models at this point. Oh, okay. Yeah. Hopefully next year they, they will be able to. So. Huh. Yeah, one of the issues with this year, they have a lot of issues with the FAA in terms of like what regions they can fly into. So like the Global Hawk can only fly into the ocean. I mean over, it can only fly over water. It can't fly over land. Mm-hmm. So that's one restriction. Restriction. So if you want to fly into Alaska, you kind of have to avoid the Aleutian Islands. Huh. Um, can't. Why can't it fly over land? It's just... I'm not sure. Not I guess safe? Maybe. I don't know. I think it's going to crash. And... I don't think there's any problem with that, but I'm not really sure. But And then this That's year, huh. this year they didn't get approval from the FAA to fly into the Bering Sea, which would be important for Alaska because yeah. that's basically where a lot of the storms form. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so basically we're this year we were only confined to the Gulf of Alaska, so... And basically, the Central Pacific Ocean. So, but unfortunately, this week all the systems were coming in from the Bering Sea, so we couldn't really sample that area. So we were kind of screwed either way. You guys got so unlucky. <laughs> but that's the problem with these like field missions is you're basically relying on the atmosphere to be just just right for that month of the the field mission. Yeah. And you're hoping that there won't be just this huge ridge of high pressure, you know. <laughs> 
that's hope, a, just hoping for like that's like our <laughs> that's like our friend Evan when he did his field campaign. Remember that? It was like a winter snowstorm campaign. Yeah. <laughs> like the one year it didn't even it did barely even snowed. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. He, you know, good. they set it up. They had like a six week period where they were gonna you know wait for these you know front range snowstorm to form. Yeah. And I think it was in like February through April or something. Yeah. And that one year, like nothing happened. I know. There was like a tiny little snowstorm, and they all set up for it. <laughs> I think there was like barely any snow. I know. I think I was involved in one of those. That was with. Um, oh. Um, with his professor, I think. That one year where I was actually who I was. Gotcha. Yeah, I was driving. Students or someone working on the. Campaign to like. Did you do drive it? Drive them up to the radar site. Yeah. Every so often. Yeah. And it was just like, it was one of those events where it was just flurries. <laughs> you were driving in flurries and the roads yeah. were perfectly clear. And you're like, this is weird. <laughs> you got to take snowfall measurements, eh? Yeah, pretty much, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, it's too bad that they can't run the mission for, say, like, you know, six months, but it's kind of confined to, you know, research funding and all that. FAA approval and stuff like that. <laughs> so, yeah, but yeah, that's interesting stuff. So, I got a, a funny semi-related story. <laughs> but oh, back when I was doing research with Noah in Greenland, yeah, we had. I think I told you this before, but funny story. We had. Every day we would launch two radio songs, just like the rest of the world, you know? Yeah. 0Z and 12Z, which local time was, I think, 9, 9 a.m. and 9 p.m. or whatever. But regardless, so we would launch it and we would get back. And, at, you know, after you finish a radio song, you basically compile it into this file that goes for the WMO. <laughs> Like a like a sheet of paper or something. What sheet of paper? Oh, you file it on you. you no, I mean you, you basically take the data that you get and put it in the form that the WMO uses, and then you upload it to their website, uh, okay. so they can get incorporated into like the global forecast models. Okay. So, because you know we were one of the probably one of the only places in Greenland launching radio songs, so it's a pretty important measurement. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's a huge data gap there, so we were filling that, and. We did this for like two or three years, and we're like, man, we're really helping out the forecasts. <laughs> and then, and then, one of the people in our group was just randomly looking and like really analyzing it, like all the output from the models, like for temperatures and things. And they were, um, he noticed that basically like the temperature was way different in the model than at our location. And he's like, how's that possible? You know, it should be constrained by our temperature at the surface. So we like contacted them and they like did some research on it and it turned out that for the two years that we were uploading our data their algorithms were deleting our data because they thought it was bad data because it was outside the bounds of cold temperatures that were possible <laughs> it wasn't like agreeing with like the other observations nearby yeah like, like it was just too cold for them they would automatically assume it was bad data because it was you know negative 70 degrees or whatever it was in the winter yeah. like negative 80 degrees there's no way that's possible we'll throw that out this whole this whole measurements are bad so <laughs> so they, but, they fix it so yeah eventually they fixed it 
apparently, and it's been it should it should be incorporated in the last you know since about a year ago. Oh, okay. So it's just funny that they had some kind of algorithm that wasn't even capturing it. Yeah. And you know the story with the ozone hole, right? Yeah. Like yeah. the same story in yeah. Antarctica. Oh, you mean with observations? Like, they were taking these observations for years and years where they would... Oh, they did it with the one of the satellites, right? They were monitoring the ozone in the stratosphere. And the ozone hole was showing up outside the bounds of their possible ozone values. Right? You know this. Yeah, it Something. rings a bell, I guess. <laughs> it's been a while. So there was like years and years where we didn't even know the ozone hole existed. We were taking measurements of it, and we were throwing that data out because we thought it was just bad data. But when they went back and examined it, they realized, oh, man, there was this data, and it's real. There really is that little ozone there. So they finally found the ozone hole. Well, Something along those lines. Yeah, that's interesting. But yeah, so it's similar. You know, the, you know scientists building these bounds that they you know have for the possibilities that things could possibly range and yeah. anything outside that is probably bad data yeah. sometimes it's good but there's there's two instances right there where it's bad i know yeah you know it yeah. could have yeah. just i don't know it's just funny yeah. <laughs> we took yeah. all those measurements <laughs> yeah i guess that's one of the issues with trying to incorporate new observations into like a forecast model it's like if there's nothing nearby and there's a lot of missing data, say like over Greenland, like you said, yeah, if there's nothing to compare it to, I guess, unless you had say five or six radio sounds, uh, yeah, all over Greenland, I guess maybe you would incorporate it. I guess it's just an oversight. Yeah, it's like I a, mean, someone made that in there. It's like a quality <laughs> control check, I guess. Or something. I mean, it makes sense. I mean, where else are you going to get that cold of temperatures like the middle of summer? And it could have been seasonally varying, where you know they have you know minus thirty is okay in the winter, but in the summer, no, and nowhere, nowhere can be minus thirty in the summer, or something yeah, along something those like lines. That, yeah. And but nope, Greenland can be. <laughs> <laughs> but that was funny. Yeah, that's interesting. Oh, <laughs> and another funny story about the radiosons in Greenland. So up there, we have there isn't the FFA or the FAA doesn't have any control. You know, I mean, it's outside the country. But the control for us goes to, or for the for Greenland goes to the United States Air National Guard. Oh. Because they're the ones that operate the flights to and from, uh, you know, the research camp. Oh, okay. With their big planes. But, so they were really finicky about uh, radio sound launches. The, the Air Force? Yeah. They were like super, I don't know, conservative about it. Basically, you couldn't launch... A radio song two hours before their flight was supposed to land, or two hours after their flight took off. Huh. So, <laughs> so like in the United States, like we we have thousands and thousands, and maybe even tens of thousands of airplanes flying at any given time, and there's just radio songs flying everywhere. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. But like the Air National Guard, one plane and one radio song, and they have these like crazy restrictions. Yeah, like, I don't. Well, it doesn't make any sense. What are the chances of that one song like hitting? The aircraft, it's probably pretty small. Yeah, yeah. It's, like, impossible. And so we had those rules, and that often, you know, would mess up our radios on launches. And that was, you know, when we first started, that was a big deal. <laughs> because, you know, if you, admit, you delay your, if you have to delay your uh, 
balloon launch, like two hours, you're going to be outside your window of, you know, zero or 12Z. And yeah. then you're not going to be incorporated into the models. You're not going to get your data in fast enough to be in, uh, you know, the global models. Yeah. But yeah. in retrospect, it didn't matter anyway because our data was thrown out. <laughs> <laughs> but we tried really hard to get our data into the models every day, both times. It's good determination. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you'd have to plan your balloon launch. You know, if the plane was coming in at, you know, zero, you know, a couple hours before, you try and launch it. Two, you decide if it's two hours earlier or two hours later. Yeah, yeah. It's crazy. They just have these crazy rules. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's weird. Hmm. And I, just, I remember their, the Air National Guard was just really weird. They wouldn't do anything. <laughs> <laughs> they were super safe, which is good, but... <laughs> yeah, I guess they're more strict than the FAA in the U.S., I guess. <laughs> yeah. I remember one of the scientists was doing some kind of chemistry experiment up there. And he needed nitrous oxide, which is, if you know what that is, it's like a really poisonous gas. Yeah. N-O, N-O-2? Or is it N-O? N-O. Is it N-O? Well, nitrous. 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 oxide. But then nitrous. Is there nitrous Is nitrous nitrous? No. <laughs> no. Nitrous oxide, nitric oxide. I think. Okay. Yeah. But I don't know. Whatever one it is, it's like a super poisonous brown gas. And, like, if you breathe, like, a little bit, you're, like, screwed. Like, you instantly die? I don't know about that, but it's, like, crazy deadly, apparently. And one of the scientists, like, mislabeled it and snuck it on the, on one of their flights to, like, get it up there so he could use it. And they got super mad about it. <laughs> you mean they, they found out that it was nitrous oxide? Yeah, well, they, they found out it was nitrous oxide, and, like, that scientist got banned forever. Wow. But then they had this nitrous oxide like giant you know one of those big cylinders like they have helium in usually mm-hmm. he snuck in one of those and like had it up there and there's like you know there's nothing you can do with it there's no way to get stuff in or out and the air national guard wouldn't take it they wouldn't take it back so they could never get this out of there oh so what they ended up doing was taking it like 10 miles away from camp <laughs> and like burying it basically Wow. <laughs> so, you know, in like a thousand years, this thing's going to shoot out of the side of the ice sheet and like someone's going to find it and the little kid's going to poke it and be like, what is that? And he's going to die. And it's going to be that scientist's fault. <laughs> I mean, couldn't you just take it back to the U.S. or something? Or? No, because you have to put it on a plane. But how did he get it in the Greenland in the first place? I told you. He plane. lied about it and snuck it there. And then now they won't take it back and no one, no one will take it. So what did he want to do? He stuck it like with like 30 people on a plane. And if it like leaked, it would have killed everyone. What did he want to do with it? Like try and measure how it changed in Greenland or something? Or... No, I'm not sure. He was doing like chemistry and photochemistry. Okay. And I think you need that to basically um, calibrate your instruments that are testing for um, things like nitrous oxide. Like pollution and stuff, hmm. you know. If you have a if you have a gas spectrometer, like measuring yeah. for NO and NO two and ozone, the different type of pollutants mm-hmm. coming from the lower latitudes, you know, you need to test. I think he used it for that. Although I'm not positive. Okay. But more or less, he snuck this super deadly gas into Greenland on one of the U.S. Air National Guard flights, and yeah. basically got it stuck there. <laughs> And we just had to, we couldn't do anything with it. We just 
threw it out in the middle of the ice sheet and buried it. That's crazy. It's crazy. And I don't know. I'm not sure how the Greenland government felt about that. Did they find out? I don't even know if they know. <laughs> Actually, this is probably top secret information. Yeah. No, nah, I think they know. <laughs> but regardless, it's crazy. I don't know if we have any listeners from Greenland, so. Yeah, we're probably safe on that one. But, yeah, the Greenland government was, like, really strict about everything, so I'm sure they wouldn't approve of that. <laughs> probably not, no. Yeah. Yeah, it was crazy. But, anyways, what were we talking about? So you didn't, so you didn't, she talked about your work a little bit. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Talked about my parents coming to visit. Yeah. I don't yeah. really have anything. I can't really talk about what I do at work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't have anything else. I mean, I went I went home to, on Labor Day to see my family, so that was a good time. Uh, oh yeah, my niece had her baptism on that Sunday, and then hmm. uh, how old she? She's six months, eight months. Oh, eight months. <laughs> she's been on up in the world. She's gonna catch up to me. One of these <laughs> She'll be taller than you. <laughs> yep, and my nephew got to see him a few times, and then see my siblings and. Uh, parents, and then uh, you know, got to enjoy the wonderful humidity of St. Louis. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> super hot. So, but after I left, though, it ended up dropping, you know, into the seventies. So I missed the uh, nice weather, but it was a good time, though. Oh yeah, well, that's good. Yeah, I got to go take a couple couple days off. Yeah, it was like a few days. Yeah. Two vacation days, so. and then you know Labor Day counts as an extra day. So. Oh yeah, <laughs> gotta take advantage of that. So. <laughs> but, oh yeah, I guess I could talk about my camping trip. Maybe two weeks ago. Or? That was Labor Day weekend too. Oh yeah, that's that's right. Yeah, wasn't that exciting? I mean, it was fun. <laughs> I went to. Uh, Glenwood Springs, and did some camping. Oh, did you go to the actual springs? The springs? Yeah, like the the natural hot springs. Oh, no. We didn't go there. It was, uh, we kind of put it off until the last day, and then we were pretty tired. <laughs> yeah, that makes you relax, though. We were going to go, but then we're like, ah, do we really want to drive that far? This is after we did a hike that day and we uh, cooked some dinner on the fire. And then it was kind of like a little bit rainy. And we're like, nah, I don't feel like going. <laughs> but probably next this next time next time we go, I'd go. You can go in the wintertime too. Yeah. It's nice when it's snowing. It like comes down and like hits your face. and like. Did you do that in Aspen? Or I did steamboat? Uh, steamboat, yeah. But, like, you know, you feel like, you think you'd be cold, but in that water, you don't even feel it. Yeah. It's kind of cool. So That's what I was hoping for. <laughs> but when you come out, though, then you're freezing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I don't know if the ones, the ones in the Glenwood Springs were not as natural. Like, it looked just like a swimming pool, basically. Do you think they were sort of, like, man-made in some ways? Well, I mean, I don't think they were man-made, but didn't you say the ones in Steamboat were like you were walking in a lake? Yeah, pretty much. Like a little lagoon? Yeah, I mean... I like this one was a legit swimming pool. It looked like a swimming pool. 
Yeah, there's like three, water. or like three different ponds or whatever. I couldn't like really tell. Like rocks though. and stuff. Yeah. Was the bottom of the was the floor like cement or like gravel, sand, mud? Mix of like gravel and sand, I guess. Huh. Yeah. So that was like a legit. I don't know. I couldn't really tell. I mean, it was, <laughs> we went there at like eleven o'clock at night, so it's still cool. Yeah, yeah, I can't the, see what's around me. The Glenwood ones were lame because they closed at 10 p.m. I think they yeah. were open. They were open 7 a.m. to 10 p.m. That sounds about right. If I wanted to go, I'd want to go at like 8 p.m. and stay till like 1 a.m. <laughs> I don't know, like at night. He wants to be in the hot springs when it's like 90 degrees out. That's true. That's true. <laughs> and that it was a lot lower elevation than I thought it was. It was only like 6,000. 6,000. Okay. Feet. Yeah, in a big canyon, but that's that's probably that's one of the best places in Colorado. That's what I hear. Yeah. At least Glenwood uh, or Glenwood Canyon is one of the best. Yeah, it's just got the perfect colors. It reminds me of Zion. Hmm. Yeah, I've never been. A little there. bit. Zion's a little more massive and longer, obviously, but majestic. Yeah. Glenwood's really nice. It's got like nice greens and green colored walls. It's pretty good. That's good. That's good. But, yeah, it was fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah, we didn't get we didn't even get into uh, the campsite the first night until, like, 1 a.m. 1 a.m.? <laughs> it's like a four-hour drive. What, what time did you leave on Friday? <laughs> Apparently 9 p.m., <laughs> if you do the math. <laughs> so, we didn't leave until, like, really late at night. And we drove, and it was, we got up through the Eisenhower Tunnel and came out the other side. It was, like, pretty nice weather. Then we, like, came out of the tunnel, and it was just, like, a downpour and, like, raining. At night? Yeah. At night, and then, like, all weekend, too. But it was just crazy how much... <laughs> it was, like, so much different on the western part of the state. Yeah. Like, as soon as you got on the other side of the divide, it was just dumping over there. <laughs> and like I said, we got rain and storms every day. <laughs> and Boulder barely got anything. Yeah. I don't Nothing think we, much over here. I know, maybe a drop. Maybe that's it. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, I, I actually, I don't know because I was gone. I swear we had to get like over an inch or two inches over there just from all the storms adding up. Yeah. Just the amount of rain, but yeah. I thought it was going to be snow. It was like 42 degrees and raining at the Eisenhower Tunnel. Snow Both times. When we, went, when we went there and we came back, it was 42 and raining there. So it was still raining when you left? Yeah, when we came back, it was, yeah, 42 and raining. We got to Boulder and it was like 86, I think. So did you get caught in the... It didn't make any sense. Did you get caught in the, get caught in the traffic on Labor Day coming back? Uh, or did you leave early enough to kind of avoid the whole holiday return? Oh, yeah, we avoided most of it. Another funny story. <laughs> wow, this is the Matt Steiner. Yeah, this is the young Steiner. But the whole weekend we wanted to do Hanging Lake. You know what that is? Like the kind of a hike. I've heard of it. It's pretty famous, slightly. I've heard of it. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's like right on I seventy, and the whole weekend we're like, I was like, yeah, let's wait until Monday to do it, because you know no one's gonna be there on Monday. They're gonna be driving home to work or sleeping in or something. And of course we got we got up at like six a.m. Packed up all of our stuff, and I think we were probably on the road by like seven. It was only like a twenty minute drive from the campsite, so we drove over there. And we pull in, like, two cars in front of us was the last car that was able to go. Because <laughs> the parking lot filled up. And they were being, like, really big 
kind of really stupid about it and weren't letting you like park anywhere. So you could you basically had to like leave. They wouldn't even let you park. Wow, must be a small parking lot then. Yeah, I couldn't really tell. It looked like kind of like Bear Lake size, like huge almost. I would oh, say. Wow. Okay. <laughs> but there was so much construction in that section of I seventy that you couldn't get back on the road going towards Denver. You had to go west okay. for like another ten or fifteen miles to turn around. And we had to drive. We had to drive like fifteen miles back the wrong direction, and then come back and pass the lake that we like missed before. <laughs> and by that time, they had all the signs on the highway said "Hanging Lake Parking Lot Full." So you didn't get to go. <laughs> Do not exit or something. So yeah, we didn't get to see it. So had to maybe next time. Jeez, but it was a- crazy. Don't wait until the last day of your trip to go to Hanging Lake. And if you do, get there at 6 a.m. Just some advice. Go the first day. <laughs> yeah, it was crazy. We missed it by like two cars. That's unfortunate. Yeah, but it was kind of dumb. There were so many tourists there. Makes sense, I guess. <laughs> Labor Day. You know. Yeah, it was crazy. Like, well, might as well stop here on the way back home, you know. I guess that's what everybody thought. So, well, what do we got for weather? That's, well, that was a good. That was a good summary of the last two weeks. We missed last week's podcast, but what yeah. do we got? So, we should we talk about the last week's weather briefly? Yeah, we could talk about that, or the lack of weather. I guess. <laughs> yeah, I mean, really, not much going on. We really haven't had measurable precipitation at least in, since August. I want to say maybe a few drops. Here well, or there, but well, that's not true. But it seems like it. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it seems like it, you know. But uh, so we've had so it, yeah. We haven't got much of anything in September. We're way below normal. And, and I'm, uh, I'm briefly bringing it up, but you can but, keep talking. But yeah, I mean, so we had one of our previous podcasts. We we told you about the upcoming forecast for the month of September. Yeah, the outlook for the month. The outlook and. At least from the Climate Prediction Center, they were predicting it was going to be a, a moist and cool month, similar to, what do you say, August or July? Well, August was dry as can be. I mean, August was dry, but they were But yeah, they made, they were forecasting the same for August. It was almost an identical pattern between August and September. They were going really you know, below normal temperatures here and um, above normal moisture or whatever. Yeah. But... Both times so far, it's been a bust. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, so when was the last time we had rain? <laughs> so, we're here recording on September 17th, and our last rainfall occurred on September 7th. Oh, ten, okay. So, 10 days ago. Okay. Was that actually Labor Day? Now yeah, that I think the, of it. The 7th was yeah. Labor Day, yeah. So, yeah, okay. the last rain was Labor Day. So is that one day you were coming back from yeah. the trip? Yeah, one day I was coming back. So um, it rained. It rained just a, a tiny amount. But yeah, we only have point one nine inches for the month. Jeez, I mean that would make sense because I wasn't here during that time. So at least since I've been here, we haven't really got much. <laughs> <So>. Yeah, <laughs> to think about. Yeah, we've only we've had ten dry days here in a row, and today was we had a decent chance of rain with a kind of a. What would you call it? A shortwave or yeah, something? like a little pretty good trough, I guess. And not really strong, but it kind of dove a little bit 
further south than expected when you looked at the forecast from Sunday. So there's been a chance, they had a chance for maybe some light showers or a few storms. Isolated. That's right, this wasn't included in your week ahead post. This wasn't included in the week ahead. But so but, far it's verified, you know. I, I didn't see anything on radar tonight in Boulder County. And there's our radar. Yeah. yeah it looks like there's something to the north north of us. and you know, On the eastern plains. Yeah, in the plains. East of Denver. Looks pretty strong, actually. Yeah, there must be some kind of, I don't know, must, jet forcing. Yeah. Because it's only 50-some degrees out. I know. And we're getting thunderstorms forming east of Denver <laughs> and near the Wyoming border in Cheyenne. Yeah, yeah. So. But, but yeah, the last week, I think we went like four or five days without any clouds. Were you here for that? Yeah, I was. Yeah, I was here. Okay. Yeah, it was like started well, um, last Wednesday and went till like Sunday. Yeah, I was here on Tuesday. So. Or Tuesday, maybe. Yeah, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday and Friday. There was like not a single cloud. I know. It was just. It was nice. It was good weather, you know. Um, yeah, what do you how do you think we had no clouds? Even on the mountains couldn't form a cloud. It was that ridge, right? That was kind of I can't remember really because I came back from my trip. But I think it was just a really actually it was just that really dry air, I think. From the southwest or <laughs> I really don't know what the pattern was last week. Well, luckily <laughs> you have Bordercast right here. But But I mean, yeah, I was yeah, once that one trough went through, and then we really got dry. The the precipitable water was like zero point three, which is yeah, pretty it's, dry. It's pretty, <laughs> pretty dry, yeah. <laughs> and of course, Bordercast is down. Why wouldn't it be? No, it's not. <laughs> it's never down. <laughs> but yeah, so we had this air mass come in. Precipitable water on Tuesday. Yeah, that's pretty dry. And that pretty much just sat over us for the whole week. And, you know, it's pretty... It came behind that cold front that moved through. You want to see? Oh, yeah. Okay. There wasn't much going on. Here's the cold front. And then... Yeah. Yeah. It was kind of like a mini ridge. But I think it was just mostly the dry air. And we had some warm air aloft. Yeah, you know, pretty warm at 700. Yeah. But, yeah, I don't know. And we had really low surface dew points. We're only in the 20s most of the week. <laughs> so, yeah, everything worked together. Give us no clouds. Yeah, did we have smoke last week? Um, when the, we had, I think we had a front moving through last week, similar to this week. Did the, did the smoke move back in? Yeah, the smoke was here. I remember my parents commenting on it a couple times. Yeah, that's right. Um, that's right. I think it was mo. It was very light, though. It came that Thursday evening with that front. I think. At least possibly. I think. Maybe. Yeah, but I know it was gone by Saturday. Yeah, it was because I was yeah. out and about in the mountains, and there's just pristine visibility. Yeah. Nope. I noticed. And yeah. I noticed leaving work this evening that it was a little bit more hazy. I don't know if it was just the way the sun was. The angle, but uh, it looked a little bit more hazy this evening. Uh, could just been the sun angle, you know, at sunset. But yeah. yeah, and I think it, this is all related to the increase recently we've seen in fires in California. Yeah, it's because been a lot. 
originally earlier in the summer, in you know August, all the fires were in Washington, Idaho, Montana, and Oregon, more in the Pacific Northwest. Mm-hmm. So every time we got a cold front, we just got bombarded with smoke coming down from the north. Yeah. But with, with the fires recently forming in a little bit more south in California, we haven't necessarily needed cold fronts to bring the smoke. So there was just a few random days that we had smoke, I think. One day it was really bad. I can't remember the day. Oh. It might have been Friday or maybe it was Saturday. No, you said it was gone by Saturday. but I'm trying to think. Maybe it was Saturday. I don't know. I remember it was really smoky one day I was driving with my parents somewhere. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I think we were going to Denver, but not. I don't know what else we would have been out there for. I mean, it was, it was clear by Sunday, that's for sure. But Either way. But, but yeah, yeah. what do you think of those fires in California? I heard there was... 140,000 like, acres. I heard there was like 300 homes that were burned. Yeah, these are big fires in California. Well, I think there was like 300 homes that, you know, got destroyed from the uh, one of those fires. I believe it. So, they're pretty, you know, those are pretty major. Yeah, I mean, 140,000 acres? That'd be and like the entire, all of like half of Boulder County. And I think it might have been related to, that it was pretty windy there mm-hmm. early this week. Maybe. There was Maybe. there was like a large yeah there was a large trough in mm-hmm. the Pacific Northwest, and so there was probably large, you know, west, westerly winds. Mm-hmm. So maybe that kind of sp- sp- sparked some fires. I don't know, or I mean, you know, helped spread them, spread the fire. You know, that's true. So, and that maybe maybe that was why because like. I didn't expect it. I didn't post it in the weekly forecast. But on Monday, I don't know if you noticed, it was pretty smoky. Like, it was really hazy here this week. Yeah, and I'd say might so. Have been why, might have, maybe that was from the California fires because it was basically westerly, southwesterly flow. Dude, that was Monday that I was driving around. Yeah, so that was, it was Monday. Smoky. Then, yeah, yeah, I went to Denver. There we, are, there we go. <laughs> so... But I was like, why is it smoky? I didn't forecast that. That's on Tonya, because you don't need the northerly winds at this point. Yeah, you, you got to watch out for the west winds. Now. Westerly, yeah. <laughs> west, even southwest, south-southwesterly. Yeah. Or yeah. west-southwesterly, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, not much going on. Yeah, really not much to talk about. I mean, going to cool off really nice this weekend. So, this well, current starting tomorrow. Or it's currently, yeah, today it's pretty nice. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, we actually got several deg- several 90-degree days there. Actually, I guess just one, the 13th. <laughs> it was 91 degrees. Yeah, so... Nearly a record high. I think we needed 94. But... <laughs> too bad. <laughs> too bad. Can't win them all. Um, but... Yeah, we had some, the one day, some areas of eastern Colorado had uh, red flag warnings. That was yesterday, I guess, and today. Um, But it wasn't windy enough here for that, I guess. We we definitely had the... We definitely had the low humidity. The low humidity yesterday and the wind. So yeah, I walked up, was it Boulder Canyon on 
Tuesday, maybe? <laughs> and it was it was way windier up there, even just like two miles up the canyon. Hmm. There was, I would say, 40 to 50 mile an hour gusts. Because there was blowing dust. It was like carrying clouds of dust up, wow. uh, you know, down yeah. the valley and almost pushing you over and pelting your legs with sand <laughs> when you're walking. Oh, so yeah, it was it was whipping up there, and then walk oh. back down, and it was you oh. know just a little bit breezy in town. Huh. Yeah, but that's, that's kind of what you we expected. That's what we expected. Yeah, really yeah. windy higher up, and I bet you if people were hiking the higher passes, they got into some <laughs> 70, 80, 100 I mean, mile an hour gusts. I don't know. Probably even in wor- even worse now for this upcoming weekend. Early, you know, today and probably tomorrow too, because that jet's kind of like right overhead. That's my prediction, but yeah, who knows. So I guess the question is, you know, Ooh. do we do we think, you know, we got like a couple weeks left of September, you know, do we think that we're going to continue this stretch of dry weather over Boulder? So like, you know, it's been pretty dry. Um, and even like some of my colleagues at work uh, were mentioning that, you know, they're like, yeah, we're in sort of like a mini drought right now, but. I mean, I don't know if I technically call it a drought at this point, but. Well. So, I mean, the question is, do we think it's going to, that the pattern might flip and that we'll get maybe a drier, I mean, a a more wet pattern set up like the CPC, our Climate Prediction Center predicted for September? Um, Because if if they're going to be right, then we're going to have to flip the switch here pretty soon. Yeah. I like to have this the cpc forecast in their discussion that goes along with their maps they keep mentioning the active hurricane season in the eastern pacific yeah which has really been letting us down really the last i don't know month or more yeah there's barely been any storms in the eastern pacific and the ones that do form pretty much get swept towards hawaii (laughs) and instead of recurving back up into the you know north america Making landfall and maybe Baja and being invected into Colorado, we've been pretty much dodging that. Yeah, yeah. And the storm track has been largely in Montana and southern Canada. And even this storm we're enduring right now, it's not really dipping far enough south to get us. Staying mostly in Wyoming. Pretty much, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, if you look at... August, they had a similar forecast, and if you look at the precip for the month of August, they pretty much had nowhere in the whole country right. <laughs> if you just look at the, at least for precip, I don't know about temperature. Yeah, I mean, I wonder what they're, I mean, they're obviously looking at El Nino, because it's mm-hmm. developing into a pretty strong El Nino uh, season, but uh, there's got, there's obviously other factors that I guess they're not taking into account um, yeah i mean you can generalize el nino and get a general pattern from that but i've been kind of reading some of the science you know talks about this and they seem to well even you'd agree that they're saying that this is you know not an you know an el nino like no other el nino in a sense that not only do you have the super warm eastern pacific you also have like you have the the north pacific is super warm so they don't think that's ever been happening happened before. So they, you know, where you have the warm blob, 
Yeah, they're calling it the Blob uh, versus Godzilla or whatever. (laughs) Did you hear that? I didn't hear the Godzilla one. Well, (laughs) somebody. Oh man, some so the people from the NWS in like random parts of the country, like when they do their little forecast discussions, they will. One guy named it the Godzilla El Nino, and then like now the media calls it that, and then another guy called it. How do the media like the Bruce Lee El Nino or something? How do they, how do they find <laughs> this stuff? <laughs> I don't know. But They're not reading the discussion, are they? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it doesn't take much. There might have been an interview or something. But regardless, it came from like a credible weather source naming it. And then, I mean, that's fine. If you want to name it, whatever. But the media just jumped onto that. But regardless, they were calling it El, Ni- El Nino versus the Blob. <laughs> you know the blob we talked about the blob a couple weeks ago so they're saying you yeah. know which one's gonna win out and they think it's actually gonna be the blob oh they really think the blob's gonna win out I for mean, one uh, reason or another or did they say el nino now i can't actually remember they say why 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 they think that that would dominate the the forecast pattern um or climate pattern i guess or seasonal mm, no actually i think it was godzilla winning <laughs> <laughs> or are they thinking maybe maybe that would change I guess they're looking at the temperature gradient between the two or something and maybe kind of like neutralizing each other somehow I don't know yeah something something along those lines but they think the blob will be more easily broken down um, as winter gets going here but compared to El Nino yeah. but if you're looking how El Nino has been developing over the last month or so um it's been shifting towards more of a central pacific uh warm zone the eastern pacific has been slightly cooling a little bit mm. as far from what i've seen i don't okay. know if you seen the maps so they don't know what's really going to happen but mm. right now the the warmest area has shifted slightly westward mm. kind of in the area between i don't know hawaii and north america <laughs> okay yeah, I know that uh, since we've been focusing on Alaska South for our, Hawaii, but yeah. since we've been focusing on Alaska for our research, I know that at least the Panhandle of Alaska, so like Juneau, they've been getting a lot of rain the past, basically, you know, since August, and they've had some flooding actually. So, I mean, and I think typically that's their you know really wet season, but um, apparently, you know. Maybe the effects of El Nino have kind of impacted Alaska already, unless that's the blob as well. I don't know, but yeah, you know, there's probably something going on that we're seeing already. But you know, it hasn't translated at least into California. So yeah, that's, that's an interesting study right there. Is that you know we have this really strong El Nino, but still we're not seeing anything in California, pretty much. Well, so, you can't say that. I mean, they've gotten some rain, but still, they're in a pretty... Wait for it. I got it for you here. But they're still in a pretty huge deficit. Yeah. Did you see how much rain they got, like, last week? Okay, now I'm going to be embarrassed. Nah, you won't be embarrassed. (laughs) Mostly because it's not going to load, but... (laughs) But if it does load, you might be embarrassed. Wow, what is this? Oh, that's like river gauges or something. Windows 10's let me down. Oh, yeah, there we go. They changed it. 
There so, you go, Kuni. Parts of I heard parts of the what is this? Just one day? Oh yeah. That's just today. That's today? Yeah. Here's the last seven days. It was like crazy rain in California. Like look at San Diego. Got like two inches and there was some probably mudslides and stuff, but they actually okay. did get a lot of rain. Okay. I but, stand corrected. But you know, it's not not necessarily connected with El Nino. Sure, sure. I mean, it could be. It was big that probably that big trough last week. Yeah, it started on Sunday. Yeah, that's a lot of rain for the Los Angeles area, over two inches. That's good. And all along down there, and then there's a huge gap. <laughs> and Northern California got a good bit too. So, but that's yeah, good. so they got a little bit of relief. That's good. And I think one of the people I, one of my coworkers. Said someone they know lives in California in one of the burn areas, near one of the burn areas, and they got like four inches of rain. Mm. <laughs> and it was like right on top of where the fire was, apparently. That's not good. Not good? I mean, it wouldn't it be a lot of runoff. And well, okay, yeah. There'd be, flooding. I guess, burn scarred flooding issues, but it also helped put out the fire, sure, hopefully. Sure. Yeah. I don't know which would be the better trade off there. <laughs> I guess to put it out first. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so I guess turning our attention back to Boulder, what do we think the next few weeks for... Oh, yeah. we think it's going to get more active? I know if you look at some of the long-range models for next week, Mm -hmm. there's a potential system coming up from the Baja um, that kind of goes up into California and Arizona Tuesday, Wednesday time frame. And it looks like it brings a decent amount of measurable rain maybe into Southern California and then Arizona. And then it, that system looks like it might eject Northeast into the middle of next week and possibly hit Colorado. Okay. You know, whether it hits us, I don't know, but if it does hit us, there's a question, maybe it would be some high mountain snow possibly. Yeah, because that system looks to have a decent amount of cold air. Yeah, that's what you were saying, right? From what I saw, wouldn't open had the moisture though. And so, yeah, there's some kind of upper low in the eastern North Pacific that kind of moves east and brings in some tropical moisture. This thing? Yeah. Yeah. And I guess that's what's responsible cut for off. shifting the flow to, you know, instead of being a ridge, it's kind of bringing in a little bit more moisture, I guess. Something like that. Wow, what's, look at this thing. Model fantasy. Look at that thing. It just cuts off and sits over southeast. Yeah, and then this is the one. Yeah. That's the one you're interested in? That's the one we were interested in for Alaska. But, like eight days out? Yeah. Oh, that one, okay. But uh, not, not for Boulder, that's for sure. So at least in the short term, for the next week or so, what do you see happening? Well, I'd say we maybe would want to watch that potential system for the middle of next week. Um, But beyond that, I'm not, you know, I'm not sure. I mean, it looks like there's potential more activity moving into the West Coast. And whether some some of those systems maybe, you know, make their way further east, maybe. There might be some potential there. And at least a good chance, possibly, for some some mountain snow. But 
you know, it's hard to say. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I'm skeptical. You're always skeptical, but it's just like, <laughs> like it's been recently. They're having this. Just, the troughs have been having such a hard time even penetrating southward. And if anything, they just clip Wyoming and Montana and scoot away, bringing like a day or two of like cooler temperatures. Yeah, I guess. But and I don't really see anything in the forecast that says otherwise. <laughs> but I know that. Um, Let's see, what is this here? Oh, so those are analogs. Um, yeah, but I don't know. What do you think? I would say we have a decent chance for some rain maybe next week, but beyond that, maybe more persistence, <laughs> I guess. I don't even, I mean, next week I'd say decent, but nothing... Nothing major. Nothing but, crazy yeah. at this point. Nothing crazy, no. I don't even. I don't know if we can get back to average for this month. That'd be gonna be hard. What is the average? Like maybe close, to, close to an inch. Um, no, it's like one and a half. Or if you consider the 2013 flood, it's about two point <laughs> one inches. <laughs> if we want to include that in the climatology, probably have to. Yeah. <laughs> well, climatology typically does what? It's the most recent three decades that yeah. are full decades yeah so it'd be 1980 to 2010 would be our t- actual climatology yeah so you wouldn't include 2013 flood but at this point <laughs> but i would saying that it's around 2.1 inches so yeah i don't know if we can get there it only takes one or two decent storms but that's true that's true the pattern just needs to shift yeah what do we think about maybe October? It's pretty far out. Does, does uh, the Climate Prediction Center have anything out for October yet? Yeah, they'll have something out because it comes out on the 15th. Oh, it should be should be out already. Oh, yeah, it's out. <laughs> I'll just uh, bring it up here. Ooh. Wow, interesting. Similar pattern. <laughs> um, well, they're keeping... I don't know. A lot of the country in warm temperatures. That's an interesting pattern. Yeah. What are they thinking with that? Is that like monsoon? It's like looks like they're bringing moisture up from Mexico and cold weather. I guess. I don't know. That's a really weird pattern. It's like two ridges with like a tiny trough in the middle of the country or something. Even Alaska's warm. Yeah. Interesting. But... For Colorado, they're currently saying equal chance for temperature and an above normal precip. Yeah, we're almost on the border of it. <laughs> I would put us an equal chance, maybe. I guess that's looking more like El Nino, right? Because you get more rain kind of along the southern mm-hmm. United States. But, um, I don't know, though. Even last month it looked like El Nino. So maybe that's what they're seeing, and maybe some cutoff lows come in. Into the middle of the country. But you pretty much have a persistent ridge, I guess. I don't know. Yeah? Just looking at it. I mean, I it's agree. It's like something would cut up <laughs> in the middle of the country. But, yeah, that's, that's pretty interesting. Um, so there is 
there is some hope that we could get an early snowfall. Okay, so they're saying consistent signals from dynamical models and ENSO composites support the above average precipitation, kind of in the Texas, Arizona, New Mexico, and the Southern California region. In the four corner states, too, so that would include kind of southern Colorado. Um, yeah, so they're again going with latching on to ENSO and latching on to yeah. some of the model guidance, which is fine, but it's really let them down the last so far two months. So, sticking with our September theme, um, what do you think they say for eight to 14 day outlooks? Mm-hmm. So, this would be like basically the rest of the month, more or less. Wow. That's pretty warm. That's They're really going that high. Wow. 70% chance. <laughs> Basically, that's us, front range. 70% chance of above normal temperatures to end the month. Wow. Must be, be expecting a large ridge to build yes. over the sense eastern part of the country. That's weird because that whole next week's a giant cutoff low in the east. <laughs> that doesn't make sense. But they, they do these like what, like? A week, like last week, probably they issued it. No, today. Oh, okay. No, this is eighteen, eight to fourteen day outlook. Oh, okay. So they updated probably daily then. Maybe daily or, yeah, probably daily. Oh. Oh. Okay. This is only valid from September twenty fifth to October first. So like the last week of September. So yeah, it'd be like next week. That's next week's forecast essentially. Next week will be. Apparently warm. <laughs> I guess so. Okay, so then we, we'd also need to look at this one. This looks really similar. Which is just... Why would they even do that? Oh, this is 6 to 10 day forecast. Yeah. Well, it doesn't make any sense. Well, it overlaps with the other one. <laughs> it should be somewhat similar, I guess. I, yeah, okay. But whatever. So yeah, they're also going with warm and kind of... Not sure about precip for our region. You can see the the precip up there. I guess forecasting that uh, system over California next week. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, making landfall in the northwest. So I guess they're seeing that. So, huh? Well, I guess we should expect. Everyone don't see much changing. Yeah. Through the end of the month, I mean, I don't know. Nothing on the models really. St- Springs out is saying gonna be a big preset maker. <laughs> yeah. At least initially. I know one of the GFS uh, model forecast runs mm-hmm. maybe earlier in the week mm-hmm. or Sunday was showing a pretty deep uh, amount of cold air coming down towards the end of the month, but then like the new runs haven't showed it anymore, so. Well. Um, you know that's typical that's typical so typical for the models but yeah it was basically showing the end of end of september pretty much so it was it was pretty cold so i guess what we should expect or what you should expect for september is you know maybe a few chances of some rain but then in terms of temperatures probably you know we may get some you know some cold fronts that'll come in on occasion but for the most part we'll stay Stay above normal, I guess. Yeah, we're sitting way above normal for the month so far. 
Yeah, the average highs in right now are like close to the low 70s, pretty much. What? Mid 70s. Um, it should be uh, about 76. Yeah, so something like that. Yeah. Or so. So, yeah, we haven't had a, a single day below average this entire month, it looks like. Oh, no? Really? No, we were in. Yeah, I guess you're right. No, I mean, nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, everything we haven't the coldest day was seventy nine. Oh, last week it wasn't in the Oh, I thought maybe last week it was in the low seventies. I guess I'm wrong. Seventy nine. Huh. Can't beat it. <laughs> <laughs> September eleventh. <laughs> but yeah, we're yeah, we're way above normal this month. Yep. So, I don't know. And you see the uh NCDC declared 2015 the warmest summer ever. No, I didn't see it. They're just looking for media attention. <laughs> like, the one thing they do is keep track of world's temperatures. and By a hundredth of a degree? Yeah, you know, like 0.01 degrees warmer. So, the, so <laughs> August was the warmest August ever. And, I don't know, it's just crazy. They keep every month. There was like seven months this year were the warmest months ever. Is this... For the world or for the U.S.? For the world, I want to okay. say. Okay. So they yeah, comp- for the Earth. So they compile like all the observations yep. globally? Interpolate it all. And just come up with one little number that's slightly bigger than the rest of the numbers. Yeah, that's a lot of work to take yeah, in all Yeah, it's crazy. They've made this big blog post about it. How the, every month this summer was the warmest. And like almost every month this year was the warmest. And... Yeah. Well, when you got the Pacific Ocean is being as warm as it is. <laughs> Makes sense. Yeah. I mean, it's going to... It's going to be warm. It's one of the biggest things <laughs> on the planet. <laughs> Makes sense to me. Yep, pretty much. But, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. And they said that was now the, tw- the warmest 12 months ever. Last August, or last September through this August. They just keep, like, all these records they just keep making. Yeah, just and, like, that. announcing. It's just funny. Yeah, and actually, one of my coworkers saw it before me and like mentioned it. He's like, "What do you think about that?" <laughs> and I was like, "What? I didn't hear that. It's just nonsense." Yeah, I mean, it's true, but what are you gonna say? Yeah, not much to say. It's, quite, it's climate change. What do you want to do? Yeah, <laughs> it's a little bit warmer today than it was a hundred years ago. <laughs> Something that you probably can't notice from day to day because <laughs> you're so used to it. Yeah. I guess. But, yeah, what do we have for our topic of the week? I guess it was that, huh? That was our topic of the week. Yeah. <laughs> that was a weak topic. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, managed to squeeze, squeeze it out over an hour or so. Yeah, we, we're sitting about an hour and ten minutes right now. <laughs> so, not too bad. Yeah, yeah. I don't know where we're going to come up with a title for this one. I don't know. Just random weather talk, I guess. <laughs> random weather talk. Huh. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think from our podcast, uh, the previous time where we talked about Arctic sea ice, uh, I think it's sort of bottomed out at this point. So I think it's on it's on the way, on the increase now. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's pretty much flattened out, so which is normal. But um, just yeah. thought we'd give you guys an update on that. So. <laughs> Thanks for the update. Wow. <laughs> so but at least yeah. looking at the 
snow and ice data center observations. So, you know, it looks like it's, it's on its increase until, you know, March next year or May, whenever it starts decreasing again. So, which means we're going into the winter season. Oh, yeah. For those of you maybe who don't like it, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> That's me. But, I hate winter. But if you're me, you're, you're getting excited. So. <laughs> At least what El Nino might bring for Colorado snowfall and stuff. So hopefully the the mountains in California will get more snow this year. So they can have a little bit more, uh, what do you call it, a little more reservoir storage, I guess, for for water resources and stuff. But, yeah. This is the fire threatening the giant sequoias. Holy moly. Wouldn't that be sad? That'd be sad. Well, they're they're pretty uh That's true. resilient, I guess. That's true. <laughs> it's really hard to burn down like a tree trunk is like twenty feet wide. Like three hundred feet tall and, and or something. And its first branch is like three hundred feet in the air. Like two hundred feet in the air. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Remember, right. we, remember when we went to the Sequoia Park and they said how fire was pretty important to their survival and they su- they survived like hundreds of fires in their lives, yeah, or something like that along those lines. Yeah, that's right. Like, but now like they're they have firefighters that are like guarding them and saving them. Oh, okay. In California, <laughs> <laughs> like they're treating it like, <laughs> yeah, like, like rescuing them, <laughs> protecting course. them from the fire, even though that they can probably take it. They probably do it. Yeah. Well, it would be a shame to lose a couple thousand-year-old trees. <laughs> yeah, it would be. It would be. But yeah, that's crazy. One hundred forty thousand acres. That's a lot. Jeez. I wonder how big the I think fires in Colorado were. Like Waldo Canyon. Yeah, I know that. That seems huge. One hundred forty thousand. I know the Colorado Springs one was maybe two hundred thousand. That's Waldo Canyon. Or three hundred? I'm not sure. It was pretty big though. Jeez, I already have a Wikipedia post. Only 18,000 acres, that one. Oh, okay. Way so on. this one's 10 times bigger. The one in California is 10 times bigger than that one. Jeez. And you know how populated California is. Even though that's kind of like not the populated area. Yeah. That's like of... near Death Valley, sort of. Yeah. Ooh, brutal. Jeez. Yeah, I think some of the fires in the Northwest were pretty big this year. Yeah, they got some big ones. Wow, even the Black Forest Fire, the most destructive fire in Colorado history. How big was it? 14,000. Man, California, how do they get that big of fires? I guess there's so much dry, so much drought there. Wow. So yeah. Much, it's like feeding back, and it's just so much fuel for the fire, I guess. You can just keep growing and growing, I guess. Yeah. But yeah, it's kind of all we had for today. I don't know if you had anything else to add, Ben. <laughs> Do I ever? <laughs> Sometimes. I mean, you're taking over for Steiner tonight. So. Uh, yeah, somebody has to. Um, yeah, I don't know. Oh, um, you see that earthquake that erupted in Chile? <laughs> no, this is... This or not is earthquake that erupted, the earthquake that happened in Chile. <laughs> it erupted? <laughs> I was thinking of another thing. One of my friends... My friend that visited from Ecuador sent me a picture of um, a volcano. 
from Ecuador erupting. <laughs> wow. Like, it, it, had, it was, like, snow-capped. It was, like, 20-some thousand feet high. I forget the name of it. Okay. It wasn't a major eruption. It was just, like, a little eruption. But anyways, okay. that, he sent me pics of that. That was cool. Okay. But, yeah, the chilly thing happened yesterday. Okay. It was, like, an 8.3 earthquake. Uh-huh. Oh. And there was tsunami watches in California and Hawaii. <laughs> Did they end up getting anything? Or? I don't know, because I, like, clicked on the advisories, and I looked at them, and they were saying, like, Wave heights will be 0.5 to 1.5 feet. <laughs> and I was like, really? <laughs> they haven't watched for that? <laughs> Can you measure that? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know if anything ever happened. They were more concerned about Hawaii because it would be hitting there near high tide or something. And it's still even then it was like 2 to 3 feet. So, yeah, that makes sense. I don't know what was different about this earthquake that it wasn't, you know, super... You know, wasn't that big of a tsunami producer compared mm-hmm. to, say, the one that happened in Thailand in 2004? Yeah. Where yeah. that sent those huge waves that just, mm-hmm. you know, that were very destructive. And Yeah. But, yeah, 8.3 seems pretty big to me. And they said they could feel it in California. Oh, wow. No, that can't be. Well, I mean, it's... I thought I heard someone say that. Maybe they were talking about tsunamis. Might be a similar... That would be really far for an 8.3. Similar tectonic plate, I guess. Yeah, it's the same fault. And then I was talking to another co-worker about it, and she said there was a movie that just came out called San Andreas, which is about kind of something about what would happen if the San Andreas fault like ripped the whole way across the country, across California, you know? What would happen? Yeah, yeah, like it was just like people like going through that. Like there's just this crazy, like the San Andreas is just... Oh. Slipping what will be happening. It's probably like an unrealistic sci-fi movie more than anything. <laughs> but apparently it just came out. Okay. But we gotta go see that Everest movie. That looks good. Is it out already? Uh I thought so. Oh yeah, we should go see I it. I think it came out last week. Otherwise it comes out this week. It's one of these it's very soon. It's going on Tuesday then. It looks really good. Get the five dollar discount. Yeah. Or five dollar price. Whoa, don't yeah. tell the listeners about that. It's already really crowded on Tuesdays. <laughs> It's not too bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you get there early, you get there late, you're not getting a seat anywhere near your friends. I don't know. Joseph and I went on uh, before I left for Labor Day weekend. Uh huh. And there was like nobody. Nobody there. Wow. What'd you guys see? Uh, it was the one about that hike up to the climb up to some peak near, kind of near Everest. What? It wasn't called Everest? No, it's called um, Maru or something like that. Oh, okay. Never heard of that. But yeah, there was like nobody, <laughs> basically nobody in the, I think it was like 10 of us watching the movie in the actual uh, theater that night. So I guess it depends which night you go. Yeah. So. Huh. Yeah. Interesting. Wow. <laughs> wow. But, but yeah, that's all I have. That's all I have here, too. I have to come up with a creative title for this one, but we'll figure it out. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess I'll give a shout out to my mom. She said she's been listening to the podcast. So, yeah, Mrs. Cran. Yeah. Hello. Yeah. Thanks for listening. <laughs>
But what your parents, they they listen? Yeah. I know a lot of people that listen. I guess that's that's it for this episode. Yeah. Have a good, uh, have a good, good time, everyone, and we'll catch you next week. Yep. And we watched a Broncos victory tonight. That was a good game, yeah. Crazy <laughs> ending. Got pretty lucky again. So two weeks in a row, they got pretty lucky to win the game, but go Broncos. Yeah, go Broncos and go Cardinals. <laughs> Take it easy. Take it easy.